When we look at history, we like to attach breakthroughs and innovations to one individual. And that might not always be accurate. But when you think of Bill Gates, you think about the personal computer. Or Marie Curie, the woman who discovered radioactivity. Of course, these people had help. They built on the work of other people. But they were the ones at the forefront. They led the charge. They put all the pieces together to come up with a new idea, a new solution, a new way of thinking at the world. Looking at the world around us today, again and again, we're coming up against challenges that it seems no one person could realistically solve. Problems that draw on terabytes of data would require the mind of a computer to hold in one place. And in those cases, we're starting to turn to artificial intelligence or machine learning, teaching programs and software to do things that are impossible for a person to do, and until now, impossible for machines to do as well. These programs can find patterns and come up with solutions that people literally could not figure out on their own. And like many technologies, AI is finding fertile ground for growth in healthcare. I see this possibility of precision health, you know, where people are the most fundamental thing in the Internet of Things. That's Peter Lee. He's a corporate vice president at Microsoft, and he oversees Microsoft Next. That's the company's big project where they work with partners to put technology, like AI, into action. Peter says the future of AI in healthcare could be revolutionary. And is just constantly giving you the kind of monitoring of your health status. You know, we know that the model works, because even today, if you buy a car, your car has a whole bunch of microprocessors in it and sensors that are constantly monitoring the health state of your car. And the minute that something looks off, uh, you get a warning to go take your car to the shop and, and get it fixed before you even can feel anything wrong when you're driving it. I think when we're looking 10 years out, that sort of precision in diagnosis and treatment, um, I think, uh, can be incredibly powerful. From GeekWire.com in Seattle, I'm Claire McGrain. Welcome to Health Tech, the podcast where we take you to the cutting edge of digital health. This week, we're diving into how healthcare is using AI to solve problems and what new problems AI brings along with it. Stay with us. GeekWire's Health Tech podcast is brought to you by Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group, leveraging best-in-class digital tools to relentlessly reimagine health and healthcare. Follow them on Twitter at ProvInnovation. That's twitter.com slash P-R-O-V innovation. Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group, making it easier, more collaborative, and more rewarding to take charge of your health. Artificial intelligence has a lot of really interesting applications in health. And later on, we are going to talk about some of those things, like predicting which patients will get sick and creating new AI systems to diagnose diseases. But first, it's important to understand why AI and healthcare make for such interesting bedfellows. Let's go back to 1998, just 20 years ago. I'd gamble that you couldn't find a single hospital room in the world with a personal computer in it. Prescriptions were still written by hand, patient files were literal files in a filing cabinet somewhere. And although we were learning more about genetics, it was still complicated and very, very expensive to get data on someone's genes. Today, electronic medical records keep patient information on a hard drive or a server or in the cloud instead of in a filing cabinet. And we can sequence someone's entire genetic profile, their genome, in just a few days at a relatively cheap price. All of those changes have given us a wealth of data, more data than one person or team of world experts could ever understand. 
You know, the data situation in healthcare is really perplexing, honestly. That's Peter Lee again. And the data situation in healthcare is perplexing because there is so much valuable data, but it can be very difficult to share and use. Thankfully, he says the system is getting better about sharing that data, which means it's time for artificial intelligence to enter the story. And the timeline of AI and health data is super interesting. Both have come into their own over the past seven or eight years, and only in the last couple years have they really started to find interesting applications. As we've been gathering more and more health data, AI has been getting more and more advanced, to the point where they've intersected and found ways to work together. So what has AI been up to while we've been gathering all this health data? Let's go back to 1998 for a moment. That's the year Ankur Teradesai started studying machine learning. He's now the director of the Center for Data Science at the University of Washington, Tacoma, and he's a co-founder and chief technology officer of Kensai. It's a health startup. I really like how he describes his first impression of artificial intelligence. It was very interesting for me to think about a technology that could, given an input and a desired output, produce a machine learning program that could then, you know, predict the output for an unknown input, right? So just this abstract concept of intelligence, which would be derived or which could be derived from a computer program was fascinating to me. That's the basic foundation of AI. And over the past 20 years, Ankur has watched as the technology has grown more and more sophisticated, and he's applied it in various different settings. Now AI can take very complicated data sets and learn how to analyze them, put things together, predict new things. Peter from Microsoft, his job is to take data from Microsoft's partners and use AI to learn something from it or do something with it. Healthcare is actually a pretty new area for them. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella asked Peter's division to start looking at AI health applications about a year ago. Honestly, that felt a little bit like being thrown into the middle of the Pacific Ocean and asked to find land uh, because healthcare is just such a huge, huge space. But uh, as time has gone on over the past year, we've really gotten completely sucked into it and uh, we're pretty excited. One of Microsoft's newest projects is a big partnership with a biotech company called Adaptive Biotechnologies. This partnership taps into the huge amount of data we now have about our genes. Here it is in a nutshell. Adaptive sequences the genes of immune cells, so they have terabytes and terabytes of data about the immune system. Buried in all that data are little signposts that could tell you what diseases you have months or years before you see symptoms and have to go to a doctor. The catch, of course, is there's no way to currently analyze all that data. So Adaptive is working with Microsoft to use AI for that job. Their goal is to create a universal blood test. It would basically scan all the genes of your immune system to find and diagnose diseases very early on. We covered this story on GeekWire, so if you want more details on it, I suggest you go find my story there. Peter said this project is a great example of one area where AI can have a big impact, a field called precision medicine. That's basically where genes and other data are used to tailor the health care that someone's getting. And one reason that precision medicine is interesting is um, uh, really for two reasons. Uh, one is precision medicine uh, still depends a lot on fundamental research, and especially research in AI and machine learning. And two, the computing workloads are really very data dependent uh, and typically involve very large volumes of data, for, for example, imaging data or genomic data. And that means that they're fundamentally cloud dependent. So if you think about it from the perspective of um, 
an investor, an internal investor at Microsoft. This is ideal because it connects to our research ethos on the one hand, and it connects to our business ethos, which is very much about cloud and AI. Microsoft is also working on the other side of the health world, the healthcare delivery field. It's actually working with healthcare partners to develop an AI chatbot. And this is a really interesting thing about health. It's really two different worlds, the worlds of healthcare delivery, the hospital, patients and doctors, and the world of science, basic medical research. They're two completely different industries with different dynamics and different goals. But Peter says the AI technology that goes into them isn't all that different. If you delve into the underlying artificial intelligence technology, uh, there are more similarities, surprising similarities, uh, than you might imagine. In a way, both the HealthBot technology and what we're doing with Adaptive from an AI perspective have common roots in what we do today in machine learning for language processing. So with HealthBot, you want to have an intelligent natural language interface so you can have a conversation. Uh, that helps give you advice about your health benefits or helps you identify you know, and give you advice uh, on some medical condition that you're wondering about. It turns out for what we're doing with adaptive biotechnologies, uh, that's also a language problem. You have these antigens that are indicative of some disease state in your body. Those antigens are like words you know, that are telling some story about what's going on in your body, the T-cell receptors that are part of your immune system are like a translation of those words into a new language. And so from an AI perspective, what we're trying to do is use machine learning to do the language translation from the T-cell receptors back to the antigens so that we can understand what your body is saying about any disease state in your body. And so from a real algorithmic perspective, in the machine learning algorithms, uh, there are really shocking similarities between these things. And, and, and so it, it's totally natural for us to think about putting these things together. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'm going to tell you about predicting when someone will have a heart attack or even when they'll pass away. Coming up after the break on Health Tech. GeekWire's Health Tech podcast is brought to you by Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group helping to shift the industry from sick care to health care. Providence St. Joseph Health empowers people to take a greater role in managing and improving their health. Building on Providence's history as a disruptor, the Digital and Innovation Group leverages best-in-class digital tools to reimagine a better consumer experience in healthcare. Building healthier communities requires meaningful and personalized relationships that make Providence St. Joseph Health a trusted partner in people's lives. Follow the Digital and Innovation Group on Twitter at Prov Innovation. That's twitter.com slash P-R-O-V innovation. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Today we're talking about artificial intelligence and healthcare. And now I want to turn to a very specific kind of AI, predictive AI. That's what Kensai does. It's a startup in Seattle founded by several researchers from the University of Washington. You heard Encore, the company's CTO, earlier in the show. Kensai does a few things, but one of the categories it focuses on is using patient data to predict who will develop health problems. Ankur told me the company looks closely at chronic conditions because they are a huge problem for the healthcare system. Let's say that a chronic condition patient, patient who's a, who's a diabetic or has an episode of heart failure, right, often starts off uh, as a patient that is normal, 
they are able to take care of themselves they are very low risk of mortality it is the small details in their daily lives that if they manage properly they can have a very very successful life that is pain free disease free and leads to an to a desirable outcome where mortality can be managed to a great extent so if we can successfully predict which patients are more likely to be diabetic 6 months or 1 year or 2 years down the road we can start managing that risk so all these type of risks in the system are what we at kensai call as unmanaged risks right so the risk of not knowing or risk of the unknown that we cannot address today in general the healthcare community has started to accept that there is significant unmanaged risk in the system the hope is that predicting chronic conditions will help the system catch problems early when they are cheaper and easier to deal with another example of this predicting when patients will pass away and thus when they'll need palliative care we call this problem predicting for end of life this is an extremely important problem because if we can predict which patients are likely to pass away 6 to 12 months then we can significantly guide patients much ahead of time for palliative care and better care management protocols so that the last year of that patient's life can be lived according to the wishes of the patient in a much better healthier uh, environment that is conducive to their own aspirations and wishes To be honest, this all sounds a little terrifying. AIs are not human. They don't have a sense of judgment or morality, and having an AI be so closely involved with their healthcare makes a lot of people nervous. What if something goes wrong? I mean, I I literally, you know, wake up sweating at night worrying about problems like this. Uh, simply because in order for AI to be good, it has to be effective. And in order for AI to be effective, it cannot be artificial. I don't like the term artificial intelligence when it comes to healthcare. I actually like to use the term assistive intelligence or augmented intelligence uh, as the foundational paradigm when we talk about healthcare and AI. So the A in AI for me is not artificial, it is assistive or augmentative. At the end of the day, the physician is in charge of making the decisions on uh, how to treat the patient kensai and ai in general is here to act as decision support to provide additional informative value to care management so that in case they are missing something out of the 400 attributes that are now available about the patient they can pay better attention in a more accurate way to risk stratify the patients correctly rather than act like uh, death robots that are controlling the entire healthcare ecosystem right those companies that have the humility to understand that they are augmentative and assistive in nature will in my opinion uh, succeed wildly versus those that think that they can solve problems in spite of uh, healthcare providers or in spite of knowledge domain knowledge that exists uh, amongst physician groups or clinicians or you know healthcare system in general 
This is something you hear all the time in health, and for good reason. Technology isn't going to replace people or decide who lives and who dies. There will be no AI death robots. That people and companies need to be very careful to make sure that doesn't happen, both the people making the AI and the people implementing it. Peter takes a slightly different track when he talks about the challenges that AI faces. He does say applications are a concern, but he also said the underlying mechanism of AI technology needs to change. When we're dealing with machine learning and AI technology today, we're dealing primarily with correlations, seeing patterns and statistical correlations. Uh, but medicine is properly not based on correlations, but it is based on uh, causal relationships. Uh, and it needs to be that way. Uh, that's why medical research is really founded on ideas about having controlled experiments, about really understanding statistical significance, and, and really being very wary of making decisions based only on statistical correlations. So there's a gap right now between what we are actually doing today in the world with machine learning and AI and what medical science has always been based on. And so that is an area where in the fundamental computer science and, and AI, uh, we need to close a gap. So there are valid concerns about AI, but there's an amazing opportunity. Like any technology, it's a trade-off. So where do we go from here? Peter says health AI is just in the baby stages. Today, artificial intelligence helps us create what he calls high-powered clinical tools, one-off instruments that are useful in one specific situation. What I see is coming after that is something that would be enabled by a much broader look across large populations to look at longitudinal patient records for millions or even hundreds of millions of people and understand in ways that can be actionable by clinicians and by healthcare organizations, the best practices, the most effective outcomes, and the deepest insights. That kind of view is similar to what Adaptive is doing, pulling lots of different data to create a more broadly applicable program. And after that? You know, if we were looking 10 years out, I see this possibility of precision health, you know, where people are the most fundamental thing in the Internet of Things, being instrumented in all sorts of things. It's not just your Fitbit, uh, but it's your genome. Uh, it's your activities all day, every day. Uh, it's where you live. It's uh, who is living around you, what you're eating, uh, where those things are creating a kind of digital avatar that can virtually see an intelligent doctor. Maybe every day or even every hour, uh, and is just constantly giving you the kind of monitoring uh, of your health status. You know, we know that the model works because even today, if you buy a car, your car has a whole bunch of microprocessors in it and sensors that are constantly monitoring the health state of your car. And the minute that something looks off, uh, you get a warning to go take your car to the shop and, and get it fixed before you even can feel anything wrong when you're driving it. Um, I, I think when we're looking 10 years out, that sort of precision in diagnosis and treatment, um, I think, uh, can be incredibly powerful. And it would really be enabled by, uh, by having this kind of um, data access and sharing. And that's now a world where today healthcare is sort of 95% about people and chemistry and drugs and so on, and 5% compute. 
Um, and that gets to a world where healthcare really s- starts to flip. It'll it'll be uh, it'll approach something more like five percent that stuff and ninety five percent compute. Encore also thinks AI will continue to change healthcare, and importantly, he says engineers and AI researchers can't do it alone. Healthcare needs help. That that's a very pithy statement. But healthcare needs help from many different partners, uh, computer scientists, and you know. Uh, data engineers or data scientists like myself are one prong of how we can help healthcare. But it all begins with buy-in. So my message to the entire global healthcare industry would be that as a you know person who has practiced AI for a very long time, I just hope that they will provide uh, scientists like me an opportunity to build that buy-in quickly so that we can start addressing some of the most complex problems uh, that healthcare faces today, not just across disease conditions, but across operations, across cost management, across predicting costs. So there are many aspects to a well-rounded AI strategy in healthcare, and each of them needs help. So when we talk about healthcare, let's not get you know, rat hold into only solving for diseases. There is a lot more to healthcare to solve using AI and machine learning than just disease management. So you may ask, what have we learned from all this? Well, we know AI is already changing healthcare, sometimes in subtle ways and sometimes in big, obvious ones. It has great potential. But like many things happening in healthcare today, it also demands thoughtfulness and care to work well. It may be a few decades before we carry virtual AI doctors in our pockets, but we're on the road to get there. And we need to think about what that road is going to look like and where we want our destination to be. You can follow Ken Sai's work at Kensai, K-E-N-S-C-I on Twitter and learn more about Microsoft's health efforts at health underscore IT on Twitter. Health Tech is produced and written by me, Claire McGrain, with editing and story help from Todd Bishop. A big thank you to our sponsor, Providence St. Joseph Health Digital and Innovation Group. You can find them on Twitter at Prov Innovation. That's P-R-O-V Innovation.